All things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta give doxology to God hollow because this is how we do it at All Things Theology. Yo, 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 grace and peace, guys. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Theology where I'm your host, K-Dub. And today I want to talk about TikTok I want to talk about deconstructionism and ex-evangelicals. It's going to be a good show, but before we do that, make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel if you're not, and as always, click the notification bell so you can be aware when I drop content. Before we get into today's episode, hear a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Trisha Ramos Real Estate. Is a move in your near future? Did you know Trisha Ramos is a local realtor in DFW? And can actually help you in all 50 states across America. Maybe you have heard of her or Fish with Trish segments on the way of the master radio with Ray Comfort and Wretched Radio. As she fished for souls, now she is listing and fishing. Contract today if you like to list your home and have her help you fish for a new one. Message her today for help at listandfishwithtrish.com. Contact information is in the description if you'd like to hear more. Now, let's continue our, our show today. Today will be one of those episodes that make you say, What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> It'll, this will be a head-scratching, head-pulling episode, but we need to know how to respond to these things, right? We need to know how to give an answer for the defense of the faith, right? For the hope that lies within us, but do it with gentleness and respect. And so if you've been following me for some time, this is really what got me on YouTube. I see my brother Travis in the, in the uh, chat section. Man, you know, <laughs> he could tell you about the old school videos I used to do, just showing apologetics, giving Christians um, tips, uh, you know, biblical responses on how to res uh, respond to the faith. How do we respond to objections to Christianity, even from people inside the faith claiming to be Christians, right? We we need to offer apologetics even for those who claim to be Christians. And so I um, <laughs> I have done an episode on, on TikTok theology. I saw someone say, yeah, it's, you know, TikTok theology, you make you pull your hair. Yeah, it's, it's a bunch of crazy. I don't have a TikTok. I refuse to get on the TikTok because I would be just <laughs> drinking these nonstop. This episode is brought to you by Waterloo. Would you like a drink with zero sugars, zero, zero carbohydrates? This Waterloo is for you. Ah, I would be drinking Waterloo's just straight. Just I don't know. I, I don't know if you can overdose on Waterloo, but I, if I had a TikTok, that would probably happen. Um, I'm sure there's great things on TikTok, but I only see heresy on TikTok. And so, hey, if TikTok is for you to redeem the culture, amen, do it. And so, yes, I've been responding. Uh, I have an episode responding to TikToks, responding to certain people who with uh, bigger names on uh, TikToks and just providing, uh, you know, some biblical responses to the things. So without further ado, if you guys are ready. I'm ready. Buckle in your seatbelt. <laughs> Fasten in. Whatever you got to do. Because this is going to be one of those frustrating ones. But hopefully, um, yeah, I'm not on TikTok or Instagram. <laughs> so, so many people. Will, I, 
I have an Instagram account, but I don't even use it. So people are like, yeah, I messaged you on there. You never respond. Yeah, because I'm not on there. I haven't been on there for like a year or two. So, um, <laughs> so yes, uh, just for this one, just uh, I'll do this first one. We're about to get into it. And I'm just going to play it through, guys. I'm going to play it through and then we're going to go back. But I want you guys to be thinking, how would you respond? That's why I like doing these videos, because I want you to hear them and think to think for yourself. Right. Think for yourself. How would you respond to this first one? So let's go. First, let me just ask a logical question here. What sort of God requires the blood of his child in order to forgive the sins of the world? If we believe in a God of grace, grace means that you are freely forgiven without cost, without penalty. That's literally what grace means. But if Jesus had to die, grace isn't true. We are not saved by grace and we are saved by Jesus's sacrifice. And that's not what the gospel teaches. The gospel teaches that our God is a God of grace who freely forgives. Our God is the God of the prodigal son who stands all day with his arms outstretched, ready to receive prodigals home. There is no cost for God's forgiveness. There is no cost of love. Would you require your child to give a sacrifice in order to forgive them? No, God doesn't require that either. Our love cannot be better than God's love. And nowhere in Jesus's teachings does he say God requires a blood sacrifice ever. All right. So I hope you've been thinking through as that's being uh, played. <laughs> Pray for me. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> you guys just see me in the editing section when I'm just like playing these videos or like getting to the game. I'm just like, yo, my mans, do you read the Bible? I mean, so for those who are wondering, this is a pastor, <laughs> quote unquote, reverend quote unquote, who, uh, his name is Brandon Robertson. He's actually the, uh, I actually have a video responding to him in the past where he said, Jesus, <laughs> uh, Jesus committed racism. And so that kind of tells you where he's coming from theologically left, theologically liberal from the first place, but we still need to be able to respond. And I'm seeing some good responses in the chat section. You guys are right on where I'm thinking. But DJ, let's play that track again. First, let me just ask a logical. But first thing is first, he's responding to a comment of uh, that someone commented and says, where do you see that God does not require Jesus blood to forgive sins? She says, not meaning to be snarky. I'm genuinely curious and want to understand. And this is a good question because I don't think you can read through the Bible and it. You know, and we're going to see where he's coming from. Um, but there's no way you can read the Bible and think that the cross is not necessary for salvation. I'm, no way you can read through the Gospels, through the Apostles writings and come to that conclusion. Matter of fact, I saw a quote that um, said this, but it was by John MacArthur. And he says, you don't become liberal by reading the Bible. You have to go to seminary for that. <laughs> and I agree with what he's saying. He's not saying that all seminary will make you liberal or is all seminary is bad. No, that's not the point. But the point is people don't come to theologically liberal conclusions just reading the Bible at their home. They have to <laughs> get taught liberalism by a scholar and a doctor. And so <laughs> I just think that's interesting. Here, What sort of God 
requires the blood of his child in order to forgive the sins of the world. Let me let me answer this question because he's going to throw a question back at us and I'll answer it. I'll take the bait. I'll answer the Dr. Pepper challenge or Pepsi challenge as it goes. And my answer is a holy God, because unlike Reverend uh, Brandon Robertson, I believe in a holy God that just doesn't sweep sin under the rug under the umbrella of, oh, he's gracious. No, God is a gracious God, but he's also a just God. Right. He's a forgiving God, but he's a holy God. And we cannot put pin the attributes of God against one another, <laughs> as Brandon does in this video. But we'll keep going. If we believe in a God of grace, grace means that you are freely forgiven without cost, without penalty. That's that's not what grace means. That is not what grace means. Grace, literally, biblically speaking, is the unmerited, meaning, meaning we do nothing to merit God's favor. Um, and also there's this act of, of, of grace that has to do with, well, I'm, I'm not going to get in that part, but, but grace is unmerited favor. It's not just, oh, well, nothing's done. Something has to be done, right? Some justice has to be restored, right? We, 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 we don't serve an unjust God. We serve a God of that is just, and he, he has God as I've heard it before, God, God must punish sin. And why was God's wrath placed on Christ? Because God or, or you know, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus himself took on sin. Therefore, the father crushed him. Isaiah 53, right? Very clear. And if the, the saying has gone, if God crushes own sin by uh, own son by taking on sin, what do you think he'll do to you? <laughs> right. If you don't repent and turn to him. And so, no, we don't serve a God that's that's just, you know, sweeping sin on the rug. This is actually the problem with other religions. One of the things I get to, when I talk with uh, Muslims, this is like one of the central issues. They have no sin bearer. Islam has no sin bearer. Buddhists have no sin bearer. There's no atonement in these other religions. You, right, and, and, and what those other religions ultimately have to do is like, well, I just hope I do more good than bad. It's like, okay, let's, let's, let's ponder that you did do that for a second. What happens to the bad things? Are you just, God just, just lets it go? No, not in Christianity. Yes, grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. Amen. And so he does not have a proper view of grace. Hence, he does not see the importance of the gracious cross. Right. Let me go to a biblical text that actually demonstrates that this to be the case. Romans 3, 22 to 26. If you have your Bibles, please go there. It says the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction right, between Jew and, Jew and Greek. For all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So what's the gracious gift? Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And notice what it describes that as. Whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood <laughs> to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over for former former sins. 
It was to show his righteousness at the perfect time so that he might be the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So the central act of God's grace is demonstrated at the cross of Christ. You take away the cross of Christ, you don't have Christianity. But that's what he just did. <laughs> he took away the most central act of Christianity. And, you know, I know what liberals will say. Well, no, the cross is necessary because it shows us how to act. In liberalism, all you have as far as Christianity is how to model what Christ done did. And, and, and so, like I said, you, you really you don't have a divine savior. You have a divine, uh, you know, rep, we're, we're to replicate him. But that's that's all you have. This this act of substitutionary atonement, propitiatory uh, atonement is done or penal substitution is done in liberalism. They hate it. But the Bible clearly teaches, as we just saw. What grace means. But if Jesus had to die, grace isn't true. We are not. No, because grace, because Jesus died, grace is true. <laughs> like, Don't you understand this? The most gracious thing. God sent his son for undeserving sinners. Undeserving sinners. Right. Christ died on the cross for his people, though we did not deserve it, right? Though we at one time mocked, um, like Titus says, though we were once hostile, that's grace. But his, his God just sweeps in under the rug. By grace, and we are saved by Jesus' sacrifice. And that's not what the gospel teaches. The gospel teaches that our God is a God of grace who freely forgives. Our and, and notice, I just debunked that, but we'll keep going. God is the God of the prodigal son who stands all day with his arms outstretched, ready to receive prodigals home. They're Be careful of people who will go to a parable and emphasize a point that the parable is not making. <laughs> We've all seen this, right? Uh, the parable is not a story of it's, it's it's a parable it's to emphasize one act and 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 i don't i actually and guys maybe i'll have to do a, a video on this i wish we would stop focusing the parable on the actual son it's about the brother if you actually read it vody balkum has an excellent sermon on that so if you want to actually check that out but people the the point of the parable is not to say oh well, you can receive atonement apart from the blood of Christ. It's not necessary. That's not even the point of the parable. Even if you focus in on the brother, that's not the point. It's, that's not the point at all. Like I said, I believe the point of that parable is about the brother. And it's a it's a <laughs> it's an amazing analogy. Once you get to, you know, see the response of the Jews and the response of the brother, it's something to study on your own. But again. The point of the parable, be, like I said, be careful of people who who use parables. When, first, I, I think we should go to the clearer text. And in light of that, we see what the parables mean. Um, That's kind of my hermeneutical principle. Uh, but again. Clearly not the point of the parable. Is no cost for God's forgiveness. There is no cost of love. Would you require your child to give a sacrifice in order to forgive them? No, you know why? Because everyone child is a sinner. <laughs> We're not God. My child is not the second person of the Trinity. So, again, your parallel doesn't work. And not only doesn't it work, it's heretical. It's, it's, it's foolish. 
Yes, big handling. <laughs> uh, he's he's mishandling the text big time. Absolutely. But watch this next statement. If you have not pulled your hair out yet, don't worry. There's still time. <laughs> Just wait for this one. Oh, God doesn't require that either. Our love cannot be better than God's love. And nowhere in Jesus' teachings does he say God requires a blood sacrifice. Ever. I'm going to let you guys ponder about that. I want, I want to see how would you respond to that. Let, 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 let's see my biblical theologians. You, you, this is a collective chat today. <laughs> he says nowhere in the Gospels does it say that Jesus requires or that it's required blood for the forgiveness of sins. Essentially is what he's saying. Nowhere does Jesus have to die for people to be forgiven. That's what this man just argued. Now, some of you may be going to like Hebrews. I see that already. But this actually shows a problem with his view already. Someone says he never read the Old Testament. Absolutely right. This actually shows the problem. And I've seen this with many people where they want to li limit all the biblical revelation to a few passages. Right. Because notice he says, show me in the Gospels as if the gospel is the totality of all that although i can do it and i'm going to prove that here in a second because you know you'll bring you'll bring here's what you do with liberals liberalism you'll bring up passages like hebrews and i say i said in the gospels because they have a hierarchy of 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 that in red letters right and, and what and this is what i tell people all the bible's red letters jesus spoke it all <laughs> he spoke from genesis to revelation it's all his word so the so the problem is actually with his hermeneutic from the first part. But let's answer, answer the fool according to the fool, right? Let's answer the fool according to the fool. Yes, the God of the New Testament versus the God of the Old. Yeah, that's the problem there. Um, Jesus seemed to think that his death was necessary. Matthew 16, 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. From the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. <laughs> what kind of what kind of foolishness is this? We're going over some TikTok theology, so <laughs> that's what we're doing today. So very clear in Jesus, uh, Matthew sixteen, Jesus taught that his death was necessary. Let's go to another passage. Um, let's see, uh, John twelve, and you you can read from twenty seven for for. Brevity. Can we invite him on the channel? Oh, I would love that. I would, I would definitely love if he came on this channel. <laughs> that would be great. Um, for brevity, I will start at so John twenty, so John twelve. Well, I'll start at verse uh, thirty-two. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show what by what kind of death he was going to die. So, hmm. Jesus seemed to talk, talk, he was going to die and that his death was going to draw people to himself. Interesting. Let's go to another passage. Um, Luke twenty two twenty, And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying this covenant, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Matthew 26, 28, same thing for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many 
for the forgiveness of sins. So I thought the blood of Jesus wasn't necessary for sins to be forgiven. Jesus saying, no, it is necessary. Communion is a, a, a demonstration is a typology of that. Um, let me, let me get a drink guys. <laughs> but yes, all the way from the old Testament, this is the consistent teaching of the Bible. Now, liberals do not like the Old Testament, and they have a more uh, Martian view of of the Old Testament. If you do not know what Martian is, I would encourage you to look it up. It's where Martian is a um, old heretic. <laughs> Let's just say that uh, who existed in the early church, who really argued with this division of Old Testament God versus New Testament God. And you hear Martian still lives today. Martianism still lives today. This is why I think it's important to know your heresies. Um, a, a good book I will recommend is this book. It's a long read, um, but it is a good read. Harold O.J. Brown. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not the original O.J. Brown. Harold O.J. Brown in a book called Heresies. Heresy and Orthodoxy in the History of the Church. Man, um, I read this book in about two weeks. I was working a job overnight and this was so, I, I just could not put it down. Um, like I said, it's a long read. It's over 400 pages, but if you have the energy for it, uh, the, 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 you know, the interest in things like this, it's good to know, uh, what, what the, what the church has fought in the past, because guess what? Maybe you didn't know this, but the Trinity is not just a modern argument uh, that people deals with. Uh, you know, the deity of Christ is not just something we have dealt with in this century, but it's been something that's been argued in the past. Um, I like to keep my books in order, you know, <laughs> it's like a, but anyways, a good book to check out. So, yes, that was the first TikTok of the day. We're not done. We're not done. If you want to continue this journey, keep watching, man. Like the video. Subscribe if you're not. Click the notification bell, guys. We're going to keep it going with this next video from Christy Burke. Now, I've responded to her in the past. Um, she is a you know, former Christian, right? And uh, I've responded to her on the issues of objective morality, things like that. Um, so... Here we go again, responding to Chris, Christy Burke. If the biblical God came down from heaven right now and stood in front of me and proved to me that he exists, I still would not worship him. The <laughs> Big surprise there, right? Whoa, you wouldn't? <laughs> so the question in the uh, TikTok is that she's responding, responding. She says, I'm curious about your answer to this. What would you do if God appeared to you and uh, you knew? Would you still not worship him because of your past? And she's like, no, I wouldn't. But I want to I want to take you guys to an interesting passage. Um, Luke, uh, Luke 16, Luke 16. Um, and man, I, I would definitely encourage verse 19 all the way down. But I'm going to start at verse 30. Um, or I'm going to start at verse 29, because this actually is what the Bible says. <laughs> of course you wouldn't believe uh you know this is after the discussion of the rich man and lazarus something people usually don't catch right in this conversation that i hope to bring out draw out to you 
Verse 29, but Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear, let them hear them. And he said to them, no father, Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. So, right. If someone comes back from the dead, wouldn't that get, wouldn't that convince somebody? Can you imagine, right? Someone from the dead coming back, right? Wouldn't that convince everybody of that God exists, that they need to turn to God? Listen to the words of Jesus. Verse 31. He said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Very interesting in light that Jesus uh, lived and he people knew Jesus rose from the dead. Right. But they were coming with uh, schemes and plots to cover that up. Guys. People can know. People can know God exists. That's why I tell people, I tell atheists, your issue isn't, isn't evidence. Your issue isn't evidence. You know God exists. Matter of fact, Romans 1. Everyone knows God exists. <laughs> You're just suppressing the truth and righteousness. See, guys, we need to argue our apologetic biblically. What, what, what do we usually do? When someone says, you know, I don't believe God, we try to convince them what the Bible says is already true. No, no. Yeah, you do. Look, well, um, I mean, look at the building. Can't don't doesn't that prove this is a designer. And 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 those are good convincing arguments to someone who believes. But here's what I do. I, I tell I tell the unbeliever they do know there's a God and they'll stand before them in judgment day. Right. And you just preach the gospel. Now, now we can get into issues of of, you know, uh, th those issues and things like that, things I bring up. You know, the the atheists and, and maybe I should uh, <laughs> maybe should I, I should get back and doing some of my more apologetic videos when it comes to the unbelievers, specifically like the atheists. Right. I think that would be helpful. Do we see the apostles trying to convince people God doesn't exist or they just proclaim the word at the end of the day, you proclaim the word of God. Um, you know, so <laughs> that's right. No, I promise you, God really does exist, right? We're we're trying to convince, uh, and 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 I heard it from from this. What really convicted me a long time ago, um, you know, <laughs> old William Gray. There, there's there's always somebody, man, who it doesn't matter what the topic is, they want to come in with their agenda. <laughs> I could be talking about. Uh, butter biscuits and Jesus is not God. It's like, how about you address the, the 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 topic? I understand you're a heretic and a false teacher who denies the deity of Christ. We can get into that sometime, um, but save it for another video. But where was I going? Yes, I heard a quote from a, a apologist who said, "Where do we give evidence to? Right? Who does ev who who is evidence generally?" Um, you know, oh, no, you're a pre-supper. Yes, I believe the Bible. That's right. <laughs> um, evidence is presented in a court of law to a judge. You know, why do we put God on trial? You know, you've seen the movie God on trial. God is not on trial. God is not on trial. <laughs> so why are we trying to put him on trial? Um, <laughs> Butter, biscuits, and water. That's right. <laughs> you know, and so. Sorry, back to Christy Burke. Back to Chris, Christy Burke. 
<laughs> right? D, uh, DJ Scratch. Um, yes. Um, I know you would not believe. Even if Jesus was, even if Jesus, even if the Father would appear to you. Matter of fact, technically, you wouldn't want that to happen because it's transcendent, right? Glory would literally blind you and kill you. So, that's another topic. Let's say you were to be able to do it. And someone put uh, Mr. Graves in timeout because, <laughs> you know, he's trying to distract. And uh, I'm more than willing to have a conversation about that issue. But uh, precept is not apologetics. I literally quoted the Bible. <laughs> I literally quoted the Bible. But anyways, um, yes, I know you would not believe unless. So here's the issue. God needs to change someone's heart prior to them believing. No amount of evidence will convince them, biblically speaking. If the if the Bible is where we get our apologetic, right? Now I just read Luke sixteen thirty one. We would agree with that. Biblical God is not worthy of worship. First of all, <laughs> I love it. the biblical God is not worthy of worship. After all, uh, uh, this is just funny. Ima imagine, imagine something you create telling you just like what's worthy or not. Like, and and by the way, this I've done videos on her. Uh, you know, her claiming objectivity, objective morality does not exist. And, you know, you, you guys know the precept way. By what standard, right? By what standard is not God worthy of worship? By your subjective, um, humanistic, rationalistic mind? Well, that's not the standard. That's not the standard. Um, he is a God of wrath and anger and jealousy and genocide. Let me address the one comment real quick. So that's not true. There have been atheists who converted, converted, die, maybe meant converted. I don't know. I think what you're saying is there's been atheists who converted due to evidence. I reject that claim biblically. No one has been converted because of evidence. We've been converted because of the gospel. We've been converted because of the gospel. And so maybe our difference is in apologetics. Evidence was not convince anyone. They already know. They already know God is true. <laughs> How can you convince someone God is true when they already know God is true? Romans one says that I, I don't I do not know why Christians deny that. There are many Christians for strange apologetic reasons who deny that to be the case. I don't. I believe what Romans one says. Sorry. Well, no, I don't apologize. I am convinced what the Bible says to be true. Guess what? Even the tough areas. But let's go back to her statement. Wrath and anger. Uh, let's see. He is a God of wrath and anger and jealousy and genocide. And <laughs> uh, so uh, slow down there, Christy. So God is not worthy of worship because he's angry. Uh, you know, he's he's wrathful <laughs> as if those things are bad. Right. Um, uh, as far as yeah, God's holy. Yes, he must punish sin. So that's that's not a bad thing. You know. War, and uh, war, uh, um, yeah. Well, God's gonna come back. <laughs> it's gonna be a holy war in the end, in the sense where He's gonna destroy all His enemies. Yeah, absolutely. The list goes on. <laughs> the list goes on, right? And and by the way, she claims there is no such thing as objective morality. But here she is saying these are things God's not worthy of something because of my subjective opinion on these things. Very interesting. See. The atheist does not have a moral framework to judge the God they hate. <laughs> uh, 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 there's a famous quote 
that uh, I like. And it says the atheist knows two things. Uh, God does not exist and they hate them. Hate them. <laughs> you know, I love that statement because, yeah, they're denying God exists. But at the same time, they hate the God they're claiming that does not exist. So. So, yes. Um, she does not have a framework um, to judge God. And this is what atheists want to do. They want to stand in the judgment seat of God. I posted something today on my Twitter. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you should do a video on a precept and classical apologetics. Yeah, that would be a good video. Um, God doesn't exist as she continues to breathe his air, arguing against the God that doesn't exist. <laughs> absolutely absolutely i i've tried to get atheists to come on uh this platform to to discuss issues but i've had a hard time um getting that to happen a lot of atheists they want to be they want to be on twitter with their egg profile arguing right anytime they see anything on god right they they don't they don't really have a lot of courage or the convictions to uh, come up and uh defend their position defend their atheism right uh, as, as my pastor says, show me the courage of your convictions. Right. That's true. I don't I don't see a lot of atheists uh, defending their uh, their beliefs. But but yes, I think many Christians assume that if I believed in God, I would want to worship him. But that couldn't be for. No, we, we know you wouldn't. <laughs> um, I know you wouldn't. Like I said, I've. I, yeah, I've already shown that from the case. According to Christian belief, even Satan and the fallen angels believe in God, which tells me that even when you're standing in his great, magnificent presence, you can still choose to not want to worship him. And that makes me wonder, what does Satan know that we don't know? <laughs> Christy, I don't know if Satan is your best evidence for why you shouldn't worship someone. Um... <laughs> uh very interesting that you know she appeals to satan uh you know <laughs> ray comfort level apologetics you won't be able to win over an atheist with semantic semantic semantics isn't apologetics it never was smh i don't know how you get i mean i, I quoted romans one i mean i don't i don't i don't know I don't I, I don't know why why that's controversial. And many people have come to faith due to uh Ray Ray Comfort sharing the gospel. So I don't know why you would mock that e anyway. But back to the video. <laughs> that's funny. This is a funny comment. So she believes in Satan but not God? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point right there. Uh, she yeah. You I I've talked to atheists who are more willing to follow and confess belief in Satan over God, which is crazy. I remember talking to this, uh, if you talk to atheists, you know, they'll, they'll generally come up with a spaghetti monster God. And <laughs> I'll tell them, Hey, tell me, tell me, tell me of this God. You know, they describe describing him. I'm like, sounds like a lot of things in the Bible. It just sounds like you're just replacing it with this God you want. And <laughs> that's, but that's what people do, right? That's what man does. They, they create, I like what my uh, pastor says, right? The unbeliever looks down into the well of religion, right? And they see the, re the reflection of their own self, right? And that's the God they choose. Is that which looks like them. So guess what? Atheists, atheists don't not, not believe in a God. They don't not, not worship anymore. Um, you know, 
uh, Garbs, I, I have a question for you. When the Bible says that everyone believes God exists, Romans one, everyone, no one has an excuse. Everyone knows God exists. How do you ha how do you, how do you how do you respond to that? I get it. it's easy to mock uh, Christians who believe that, but you seem to claim to be a Christian. So how do you uh, how do you respond? Quick, uh, I'll be curious. Do you believe Romans one? Interesting. If you say yes, then <laughs> you're mocking Ray, Ray Comfort on a point that's biblical. So that's that's there. But but yes, Christy Christy Burke would rather appeal to Satan than to God. So I get it. I get it. <laughs> you hate God. Yes, you you are of your 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 father, the devil. So I get it. You know, there's a point in time where I didn't want the God of the Bible as well. You know, um, shaking my fist at the heavens, right? As Shylin says. Um, <laughs> interesting. Please show me a text where everyone believes there is a God. Real simple, my friend. This I will do. Let me... Romans 1, 18 and following. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them. See, God has made it very clear. Because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his internal power and his divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that he has made. So, they, that's all of humanity, are without excuse. So no one will say on Judgment Day, as you seem to appeal to, oh, I didn't know you existed. <laughs> Turns out you are real. Sorry. Give me another chance, right? No one will be able to say, I did not know, right? They don't have an excuse they can give. But if they didn't know God existed, that, that would seem like a pretty good excuse to be able to give. Like, oh, I, I really didn't know you you existed. You know, um, so all man knows God exists. God said he has shown it, made it clear and, and known. So therefore, they are without excuse. Still want to mock precept <laughs> on that point. <laughs> uh, you know, so. So, yeah. Should we continue? Yeah, all man is without excuse. Guess what? The atheists, everyone, everyone is out there without excuse. No one will have to be able to conjure up a reason for why they do not believe in God. Why they did not know he didn't exist. It never said what you claim it did. That's the point. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Here, so what, what is the excuse they are without? Let me, let me, let me ask, ask that garbs. It says they are without excuse. What is the excuse they are without? I would I would literally be I would be curious. Yes, literally, literally without a defense, literally without an apologia. Man does not have a defense, an apologia, right? Semantics isn't a defense of faith. OK, so, so, I'll, I'll give you one more shot. <laughs> uh, what excuse is man without? Because it says they are without an excuse. What is this excuse they are without? The text says, 
literally God, literally God. It's literally God they are without excuse of. His existence. Everyone knows God exists. So, I'll give him one more shot and we'll continue after our TikToks. I still got a few more. I got, I, I still got some, uh, head-blowing, some, 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 some ones that'll just make you say, What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What are you talking about? I, I still got some, you know? Yes, and, uh, Lawrence actually brings up a good point, too, as well. Um, that all humanity is actually suppressing. They are suppressing this truth. <laughs> if you, you ever you ever held down a water uh, a uh, beach ball under the water, you you are actively doing this. You are working hard to do it. That is man with the truth of God. We are suppressing the truth of God. <laughs> My brother. Uh, Thank you, Evan, brother. <laughs> Love you, man. Yes, we, we are. You, you, man, all man is suppressing the truth of God because they hate it. They are. I mean, you, you read down Romans one. They are in, in enmity with God. They got beef with God, right? They don't like God. They are holy war. This is a holy war right there. They hold they that hatred. So, yes, the census divinitas. Hopefully I said that right. Probably not. But, yes, let's keep going since we don't seem to get an answer from that. Oh, wait, hold on. Here we go. There's reason to believe God exists if one studies the evidence. That that doesn't answer. That doesn't answer. Oh, wait. God doesn't punish people for unbelief. He punishes them for sins. So, if it's one without excuse. Well, sin is unbelief. So, that doesn't even make sense. But uh, or unbelief is sin, but it doesn't actually answer the question why people are actually without excuse. The text is very clear. We'll move on back to another video of Christy Burke. Let's go. My view of Jesus has changed significantly in the last year or so, as I've learned more about who the historical Jesus may have been. Lately, I've been reading this book. Did Jesus exist? So uh, <laughs> her, her, her biggest proof for, you know. The historical Jesus is Bart Ehrman. You don't know anything about Bart Ehrman. He's uh, a he. He went to Bible college, and one of the f biggest things. So he he used to claim to be a Christian. <clears throat> um, and one of the things that got him from uh, believing in God, right, quote unquote, is textual variance. And now he's on one of the things that really kind of is funny to me. If once 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 people right who who at one time claimed to be Christians and then they become like atheists. They become what I call, uh, um, <laughs> oh, hold on a second. Let me do something. I got you. I got you. <laughs> they become, right, apostate apologists, right? People who leave the faith, more than likely, they become apostate apologists, right? They have to convince everyone that this is not true, even though they don't have a worldview to talk about things like uh, they don't have a, a, a objective epistemology to talk about things that are truth and uh, sound reasoning. Right. Right. They don't have a worldview to discuss those things. So but I always think that's funny that, you know, people become uh, apologists for apostasy by Bart Ehrman. He's one of my favorites. And he is a non-believer, but he makes a great case for why a historical Jesus most likely existed. 
but he's not who the modern day Christians and evangelicals worship. In fact, I don't think Jesus wanted to be worshipped at all. Yeah, um, <clears throat> this is why, you know, when they came to worship him on the on, when he was on the mule, he stopped them. Oh, wait, no, he didn't do that. Oh, this is why in Revelation 5, when Jesus is worshipped, you know, along with the angels, along, you know, or worshipped by the angels, along with all of creation in heaven, you know, he and the Father are being worshipped. Jesus said, hold on, chill out. I don't want to be worshipped. Oh, wait, no, he didn't do that either. Huh. Seems like Jesus... <laughs> does want worship so and, and and bart ehrman a lot of his a lot of his like if you read or listened to the bart ehrman at any um a lot of bart ehrman's critiques are against christianity and like the the uh the uh, the apostles writing is you know this is why he dates the the a lot of uh epistles epistles far back is because he's like well these these things were uh you know they seem to have uh, formed these things quite early. And he, he just says there's no way it could have been written very early on because um, it's just too developed. And it, you can see a lot of the presupposition nature, matter of fact, in atheists and agnostics. Everyone has presuppositions. But the, the thing is, we should be honest about those. And so, yeah, um, Bart Ehrman's a uh, interesting fellow. He has his scholarly work and then he has his, his pop work for his atheists. But I do remember this one time that uh he was on this podcast this one actually cracked me up uh he's on this podcast and some atheist guys and was like hey man what do you what do you think the bible was really about right because they were talking about textual variants and uh uh bart Ehrman was kind of like uh the bible was about a man who died on the cross and rose from the dead because <laughs> he was because they thought you know because you know a lot of atheists kind of have this zeitgeist theory that the bible was originally about something else and she's kind of going to say that here as well so let's let's play that i don't think he considered himself to be a god i think jesus she's right jesus didn't consider himself a god but the god right so many passages i have a video on that discussing that jesus claimed to be god and uh they literally killed him for that right they, they thought he was coming in blasphemy um but that's a that's another point for another video. But yeah, was a Jewish teacher who had his own interpretation of Jewish scripture. I think he had a lot of ideas that were radical for his time and place. And I think that him and his followers were a threat to the Roman government. And that's why he was killed. And I think it's both fascinating and sad that whoever Jesus was has been turned into an opportunity for people to gain power, to control others to commit atrocities and to harm people. Um, very interesting. I would, I would, I would argue with her that given her atheism and she has no objective, um, morality. What do you mean? Harm evil? What do you mean by that? Cause those are objective terms. Second of all, <laughs> uh, Christianity is not the religion to go to. If you want to, uh, hurt all these people, it, it I mean, cause obviously you would not be following the Bible. Um, you know, so, and, uh, the Bible was not, it, you know, didn't exist to control the masses and things like that. It was written in a time of, of mass persecution around, around Christians. So she doesn't know what she's talking about, just to put it bluntly, uh, and honestly about that. Um, so yeah, so yeah. What, what Bible has she read? You know? Yeah. Um, so you guys ready for more? Are you ready for more? <laughs>
we got some more, man. We got some more head scratching phenomenons. Uh, but you guys know how we do it here at All Things Theology. I, I just want you guys to think about it. Think about it, right? We, uh, I want you to be <clears throat> apologists who think in light of what Scripture says, not apart from it, right? I think that's the problem with a lot of uh, apologetic methodologies is the Bible is kind of push it aside and it's human rationalism right christianity is um <clears throat> she's definitely reading the bible from ray covered she's not even reading the bible i don't know how you could come to any of those uh conclusions i i i, I it just seems like you want to attack Ray Comfort. I mean, just let it out. <laughs> just bring it out. <laughs> you don't like Ray Comfort. I get it. I get it. But I, I get how responding to what the Bible says, Romans 1, is it's hard to believe in a rationalistic society. But, hey, believe the tough things about the Bible. So let's let's keep going. This is, um, this is someone I've responded to in the past. The last name might sound familiar and is Abraham Piper. Now, Abraham Piper is actually my most watched video is responding to uh, Abraham Piper. And so for those who just say, oh, you just want, you know, you just pick it on <laughs> Marcus Rogers for video views. I, there's something else I could uh, do, right? If it was just for views or something else that's worked better. But again, um, he's going to make you... Uh, talk about butchering the text when it wasn't talking about what you talked about but uh i get it i get it no one has an excuse right so yes uh yes let's let's get into abraham piper only one thing matters when you're leaving your religion and it has nothing to do with what you end up believing instead you can leave mormonism and become a baptist i don't give it it will be a and uh <clears throat> i had to uh bleep some certain words out because he's uh He's a lot more expressive in his vulgarities than the other people have. <laughs> and so, yes, uh, he cracks. Uh, I, I like him on a personal standpoint because he's so he, he contradicts himself so much. I'm just going to let it. Matter of fact, I'm going to start it over and I'm just let it play. Only one thing matters when you're leaving your religion. And it has nothing to do with what you end up believing instead. You can leave Mormonism and become a Baptist. I don't give it. It will be a healthy choice for you if you do one thing. Stop taking yourself so seriously that's the only thing that matters when you're leaving any kind of fundamentalism because that is the same thing as saying i am no longer a fundamentalist fundamentalists take themselves so seriously leaving behind fundamentalism doesn't even mean you stop believing the stupid that whatever fundamentalism you were a part of believes it means you think about it differently you hold it more loosely you're willing to say that does sound dumb doesn't it leaving your religion often means changing your mind but more importantly it means changing your attitude lighten up nothing you think matters that much there's no way you're as right as you think you are i mean even after you lighten up there's no way you're as right as you think you are fundamentalism is a blindness towards that a confidence that is completely unwarranted lose that confidence you're heading in the right direction all right that's enough x funding nonsense for the moment but there will be more come along if you feel like <laughs> so how would you guys respond right how would you guys respond let's look at this again only one thing matters when you're so he starts it off only one thing matters when you're leaving your religion right one thing one thing leaving your religion and it has nothing to do with what you end up believing instead you can leave mormonism and become a baptist i don't give it 
it will be a healthy choice for you if you do one thing stop taking yourself so seriously that's the only so <laughs> uh don't take yourself serious at all right um you know just i, I don't know so yeah we'll, we'll keep going <laughs> just view yourself as a joke i guess but keep going thing that matters when you're leaving any kind of fundamentalism because that is the same thing and, and notice what he says leaving fundamentalism <laughs> he don't really care about if other people leave he cares about people leaving fundamentalism uh, and how what he describes as fundamentalism he, he claims to have been a fundamentalist uh his dad was not a fundamentalist so i don't know what if he get if he got in another church uh before that which i from as far as i know it was only his church and so his dad is not a fundamentalist, not in the sense that most people think about. Saying, I am no longer a fundamentalist. Fundamentalists take themselves so seriously. Leaving behind fundamentalism doesn't even mean you stop believing the stupid that whatever fundamentalism you were a part of believes. So, like I said, he, he calls fundamentalism stupid. Again, I, I would <laughs> I would um, I would say he has no worldview to call anything stupid, um, you know, uh, <laughs> Mr. Garbs, I could tell you uh, love Ray so much. So interesting, interesting. But um, yeah. So yeah, someone says, how does he define fundamentalism? He he he. That's the thing. He really doesn't. But if you watch past videos I've done of him, um, you know he's claimed that there's no such things as objective uh, objective truth. But it sounds like he's being very objectively he's trying to be objectively true in this video, right? Like you should do this. These, he's given them uh, a ought. Means you think about it differently. You hold. So it's like, you don't, you don't need to leave fundamentalism, but you think about it. Watch what he says here. More loosely. You're willing to, you hold it more loosely. Hey, that does sound dumb, doesn't it? You, you're, you're, you're more willing to say, Hey, this is dumb. So if, if you're, if you're not willing to say as a Christian out there, uh, your religion is dumb and you're willing to hold it loosely. Eh, eh, I don't really care that much. Then you're, then you're, <laughs> then you're taking yourself too serious. And that's the problem. Apparently, uh, subjectively though, you know, can't, can't, can't be objectively true. No, no one knows was hurt. Right. <laughs> Leaving your religion often means changing your mind, but more importantly, it means changing your attitude. Like not nothing you think matters that much. There's no, nothing matters that much. So, does this even matter what he's saying? <laughs> like, why, why do we have to listen to this? Why, why are we listening? <laughs> why did you make this video if nothing matters? So, like I said, this is why I like uh, Abraham Piper. He's a he's a world he's a whirlwind of contradictions. <laughs> He'll say one thing in the in the beginning of the video, only to turn around to contradict it in the end. So, so yeah, yeah. So, someone said this is their favorite. You know, I'll give a shout out for you. I'll play your favorite soundbite. So, why you always lying? Why you always lying, Piper? Or why you always contradicting yourself? <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, you're as right as you think you are. I mean, even after you lighten up, there's no way you're as right as you think you are. Fundamentalism is a blindness towards that, a confidence that is completely unwarranted. Lose. He, he sounds pretty confident about all this he sounds like he thinks he's right about all this every here's here's the here's the funny part he mocks 
fundamentalism for being these things, but he hasn't left fundamentalism, right? He thinks he's right. He thinks he's true. This is true. He, he's confident that this is this is right. If not, this video is worthless. It's why okay? Why'd you make a video that you? Yeah, it, the video would be pointless. Confidence. You're heading in the right direction. All right, that's enough ex funding nonsense for the moment. But there will be more. Come along if you feel like. He always ends his video with, follow me. <laughs> yes, I, I like I said, I've done uh, videos about Abraham Piper. Uh, you should check them out if, if you'd be curious and watching and seeing my responses on, on him. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting, you know. Yeah, he sounds very confident. Now, this one, guys. <laughs> If you haven't scratched your head already, this one, guys, is gonna gonna make you say, "Jesus, Jesus!" You gonna you gonna be crying out, you know? You're gonna be pulling your hair, and you're gonna be calling for what's wrong with you people? What's wrong with y'all, man? What is wrong with y'all? You know, um. This one, out of the most, it made me say, Help me! Help me! Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna need some help after this one. <laughs> I decline your offer, Abraham, yes. Now, this person, I don't know if you've heard of her. See, I'm being very uh, inclusive. I'm working on my diversity training. I've, I've included uh, people of color, uh, women, right, to teach us. <laughs> you know uh how to deconstruct the faith and how does to abandon everything we love right um no obviously not um but but this one is going to make you cringe the most because she is so caught up in deconstructionist language and um oppression and oppressor presser right type of ideologies we know what comes with that but her name is Joe Lumen. You may have heard of her. If you're on Twitter and you follow people like Woke Preacher Clips, um, you should uh, <laughs> you should be familiar. But let's get into it. Let's go. Thank you for asking. I'll answer while oh, my so the, daughter naps. Me. But um, yeah. So the question is, may I ask what you believe in now? Are you still a Christian? It's funny. They, they got to ask. <laughs> it's kind of like probably shows this person's a little confused by the post they make but nevertheless this is the uh question this person is asking uh, are you still a christian and listen to this response you're going to be left confused wait wait are you <laughs> i still consider myself a christian but i don't believe in most old things that orthodox christians believe and on i appreciate her honesty she's like <laughs> yeah i'm a heretic yeah i i gonna admit that I don't follow any of what's known as Orthodox Christianity. And she's going to, she makes it known from the outset. So in one sense, I'm like, I kind of respect her, you know, in that sense, she's honest. <laughs> so let's keep going. If they were all honest about everything, they'd realize that they don't agree on most anything. Um, the only two things that they agree on, which are things that I agree with too, are one, Jesus was important, uh, and I, I believe so. And two, um, there is a God. And I don't believe in God as a being, but I do believe in divinity. Okay, so oh, slow down. Slow down, uh, Joe. <laughs> so only thing we 
agree with is that Jesus is important. I mean, so is money. So is a lot of things, but okay. <laughs> um, the only thing that Christians agree in is Jesus is important and Jesus is God. And But by God, she doesn't actually mean uh, <laughs> in a biblical sense, right? Hold on, let me, let's, DJ, rewind that track, right? Let's, let's, let's see what she says. Um, and I, I believe so. And two, um, there is a God and I don't believe in. There is a God, right? Some, some, some God out there, right? Uh, but. Not as a being, but I do believe in divinity. But not as a being, but as a divinity. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't believe in heaven or hell. So I don't, I don't believe in a coming judgment or a coming resurrection to life, right? Where people, God will gather his people and will dwell forever. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's what the Bible says. So fundamentally what you're going to get down to is she rejects everything that's like biblically taught. And by the time you get done, you know, with it, you can't even recognize it as Christianity. It's like stripping a car only to have a tire rim. It's like, okay, what is this? <laughs> I can't do nothing. I can't get jiggy with this, right? I can't, I can't do nothing with this. Um, Very interesting, huh? Uh, in the afterlife, I believe that heaven and hell are realities that we create here. So heaven and hell is now. So, for example, if, you know, she got stuck on the road, got, you know, you know, um, flat tire that would be a hell like situation yo someone said child fell asleep <laughs> he's like not this nonsense again mom <laughs> even the child know it's heresy <laughs> but yeah so she she's yeah there is no heaven or hell in in an objective sense it's our situations that make things hell or heaven someone said who is this lady <laughs> uh as you've seen she is a false teacher but uh, her, her name is Joe Lumen. Uh, she is caught up in the deconstruction Christi Christianity stuff. Or, yeah, and guys, when I for the most part, when people talk about their deconstructing their Christianity, they're not going to a good place. Historically, that's been the case. <laughs> yeah, let's keep going. Earth, hell is created with systems of oppression, and heaven is created as we heal. So. Hell is created by systems of oppression, right? Here, here's a question I always ask people who have a different view, um, you know, who have a different view than what the Bible teaches. And I always ask them this. Do, do, do you think Jesus, you know, the one who knows all things, who's God in the flesh, who's, you know, created you, <laughs> uh, do you think he shared your view? And most of them are like, oh, no, of course not. <laughs> Of course not. I remember asking that question to a, uh, I had an evangelism counter not too long ago at a uh, university of North Texas. And I asked the guy that and he pondered, he was like, wow. He's like, no, I don't. <laughs> it's like, wow. I was like, why do you call yourself a Christian? So something for her, why would you call yourself a Christian if Jesus is not your Lord? And when I mean Lord, Lord in all things, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, hell is woke. A <laughs> uh, 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 good reason not to go to hell, right?
as we partner with people to make sure that we create a space and a life and a world and societies and communities where suffering is always addressed we cannot get rid of pain because pain is good it teaches us things but suffering is unaddressed pain i actually uh disagree with her here and some of you guys maybe pain is not a good thing suffering is not a good thing matter of fact when jesus comes back he'll rid it right there'll be no more suffering no more tears right no more crying no more pain right it's an effect of the fall we're in a fallen state. Yes, God does use pain. He does use the suffering. Right? For sanctification purposes. Yeah, some uh some people only see love your neighbor as crazy, but and then they then they redefine what that means. Um Um so yeah, so again, I she says, "Hey, this is this pain, suffering, it's always going to be here. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Pain teaches us what needs to change, what we need to address, what's not working. But suffering happens when we don't address people's pain. And that's when hell happens, too. Um, I believe that Jesus was important and I believe that Jesus was the Christ, but not limited. The Christ is not limited to Jesus. I believe that all of us are uh, or have the potential to be the Christ in the world and the Christ. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Y'all hear that? Let me play it back. Just I, I I know sometimes people, you know, they come in and out and let's 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 go back. Was important and I believe that Jesus was the Christ, but not limited. The Christ is not limited to Jesus. I believe that all of us are uh, or have the potential to be the Christ in the world and the So <clears throat> Man, liberalism is a terrible drug. Liberalism is a terrible drug. <laughs> so, so, what in the Russell brand? <laughs> what in the Miss Chloe is she talking about? Right? Call me now, right? Like, what? what is you talking about? You do not get the Bible. You do not get this view from reading the Bible. You know, Jesus is the Christ, but the, it's not limited to just him. We become we can partake in being Christ. No, 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 you can't. Being the Christ is the Messiah, the the anointed one. It's the only one Messiah. So. No, yeah, she's been watching too much Oprah, Miss Cleo, I said something, I don't know. Christ is not God, but instead the Christ is an ethos, a reality, a way of being in which we are the most aligned with um, the most authentic version of ourselves, with the one. So, uh, being the Christ is being true to yourself. Like I said, Christ clearly didn't teach that, right? What do you teach about self? You're the self is the problem, right? You need to die to yourself, carry your cross, right? So, what is she talking about? When it, like I said, none of this is in the Bible. Just um, just in case you're like confused, maybe you're a baby Christian. 
maybe you're a Christian. You're like, okay, I'm struggling. This is none of this in the Bible. That we were created to be by divinity, the most divine version of ourselves. The, the most divine versions of ourselves. Someone says where she's getting this stuff from. We're, we're going to see. She's going to let her cat out the bag. But we're going to see. So stay tuned. Don't change that dial. Um, so that's what I believe. And I'm not a Christian as something. It's not an identity that I hold on super tightly. That is. Yeah, we can tell. <laughs> uh, you clearly have made up your own version of Christianity important to me that I have to have it instead it's a framework so much of Christianity has been a huge part of my healing that I refuse to let it go I don't have to let only abusive toxic um, theology be Christianity because there are there is liberation theology and womanist theology and there is all of these different so she's kind of let her her hat out of the bag where she's getting stuff from liberation theology and uh what's she womanist theology uh, and if you just take a look and study those things, it's clearly not biblical. Um, both of those systems, like I said, a die, a, a, a deny the atonement of Christ. They deny penal substitution. Uh, I have some books on liberation theology uh, from liberation theologians. Uh, let me give you one <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll read a quote just to see what I mean. Uh, guys, you're going to be like, what do you have in your books? And I need to do a, uh, a, you know, go down my, my bookcase just to show you guys what I have. Cause <laughs> yes, but womanist theology. So James Cone, uh, notice, notice what he says, because he's going to say something pretty similar. He says, I, now he's the father of black liberation theology. He says, I still the re regard the Bible as an important source of my theological reflections. That's what she said. The Bible's. You know, God, Jesus is still important, but he says, but not the starting point. The black experience and the Bible together in a dialectical tension serve as my point of departure today and yesterday. The order is significant. I am black first. That means I read the Bible through the lens of a black tradition. And so <laughs> being black kind of over overpowers the uh, the Bible. But he quotes something about womanist uh, and feminist theology that I think is important. He says, I agree with feminists and woman, womanists who reject the theories of the atonement. Ransom, satisfaction, moral, influence, substitution, penal, as reflecting the God of patriarchy, the values of the denominate group. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, stay away. Ah. Stay away from the liberation theologians and womanists. Uh <laughs> theologians and so yeah i just i just i read a lot of uh heresy as well that I, I don't recommend that for everybody theologies that have been so healing and good for me and i don't have to let it yeah people who reject the the atonement cause a lot of healing interesting which is because oppressive systems have co-opted and appropriated christianity in order to push hell so i don't <laughs> Or the Bible teaches it. It's, not, it's real clear for, you know, conservative Christians, you know, people who believe the Bible. We teach hell because Jesus taught hell. The Bible teaches hell, right? Now, now, funny enough, <laughs> you know, from going to our first video of the day about where did Jesus teach this? This person's even abandoning Jesus as the standard. <laughs> I care what happens in the afterlife. I care what happens here and now. 
And so she doesn't care about what happens in the afterlife. She only cares about what happens here. Yeah, we clearly see. That's why you reject <laughs> clear biblical teachings. Yeah. Anyone who denies biblical teachings does not care about what happens to them in the afterlife. Well, yeah, I'm still a Christian because it's a framework that has healed me. It's something that has brought so much goodness and healing for me. <laughs> I reject all of what Jesus taught, but I still will call myself a Christian because it healed me. This is this is clearly like prosperity gospel 2.0, like using Christianity, God, because it works for your life or you seem to get things out of it, but it's not why you're to serve Christ. So, yeah. Um. Uh, and I continue to speak of theology. And I believe that theology can be an incredible tool for liberation. So I refuse to let it go. And I believe that theology is not something that only the elites can um talk about but instead i feel like theology should be conversations that we have every day at dinner at lunch at um meeting with our friends we could talk about theological ideas that allow for us to bring heaven on earth which is the work that i want to do for the rest of my life how do we bring heaven on earth so thank you for asking i'm sorry for asking matter of fact um but yeah man uh <laughs> Yes, I do believe we are to talk about theologies, have conversations. I have conversations with people I disagree with all the time. And I don't demand that everyone looks like me and talks like me and stuff like that. But there is Orthodox Christianity. There is a standard, right? Like you were, if you deny essential teachings of the Bible, you cannot call yourself a Christian. What's going on, Isaiah, man? It's grace and peace to you, man. <laughs> Glad that you are in the chat, man. This is a... I think you'll agree with me on this episode here. <laughs> but yeah, you can't just make up your own version of Christianity. You um you know, you 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 pick out the things you don't like. Oh, I don't like heaven. I don't like hell. I don't like God telling me to do stuff. Uh, I don't like, you know, Jesus saying deny yourself. I'll take that out. It's like the roses are red. like you're picking your daisy. The next thing you know, it's nothing but a little stem, <laughs> you know? Uh, that's not how it works. You don't, you don't tell God what Christianity is to be. God told you what Christianity is to be. And so, um, there are many, but there, I, I get it. There are many people who think that's how religion is supposed to work, how Christianity is supposed to work for them. Um, <laughs> someone says it's pretty funny. She's talking about oppression with that, uh, big fur coat she got on. <laughs> yeah, man, that's pretty hilarious. Uh, Hey, I'll let her deal with else. If you, if you were to follow her on, I don't follow her on Twitter, but every now and then I'll see something of hers from some people who are disagreeing with her. And she's very radically leftist, you know, um, pretty, pretty, pretty strange. I might say, uh, so <laughs> there's that. So, yes, yeah, so I hope you guys have been enjoying this episode. Um, there's there's a lot of strange things on on social media, on TikToks to be aware of, and more more so than just saying oh that's crazy, oh that's stupid, oh that's silly. We should be able to give a defense for the hope that lies within us. Matter of fact, <laughs> cat oppressor, let me close this video out uh, with some scripture. How, how, would you guys like that? Would you guys like me to go to the Word of God? I know we've been in the Word of God already. Um, but 
more will not hurt us, right? Um, uh, sorry. Ooh, okay, okay, there we go. Uh, I always want to go to Second um, Peter 3, but it's First Peter 3. And so, yes, this is a good verse, good apologetic verse to keep in your... Um, oh, wait, hold on. It's not there either. Um, it's a, This is a good uh, apologetic verse to um, just keep in your mind, keep in your heart uh, and to, um, you know, yeah, just, just to know. So... Uh, I'll start at verse 14, 1 Peter 3, 14. It says, but even if you suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Um, it really kind of goes against the prosperity gospel stuff. But anyways, have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Verse 15, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Um, I I like other versions that it says sanctify the Christ as holy. And what this verse is to is meaning so we've been talking about apologetics, right? We are to play. Christ is to be in apologetics is to be. Um, he's supposed to be rightly adored, rightly, you know, honored when it comes to our apologetics. Right. We, we don't have the liberty to uh, dishonor Christ as the Lord when we do apologetics. So something to think about when you do apologetics in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord as holy always mm, that's convicting right always being prepared to make a defense right so right here this this actually shows the the uh the preparedness of the evangelist right uh, and don't get me wrong there's sometimes we don't know but this shows why we should be studied right we should be studied when it when it comes to our evangelism so study well. So when that someone asks you, you'll be ready, right? Okay, so always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And this part's convicting, guys. This is the hard part for the apologists, I think, sometimes, uh, especially when we know the answer. Um, yet yeah, do it with gentleness and respect. Um Sometimes when you know the truth, we can come in guns blazing, bazookas, and just put a hole in the wall, right? But um, no, this is this is a part that the apologist is to be gentle and respectful. So that's something I try to model. I don't always do it perfectly. I try to model with people I disagree with, who we have different theological backgrounds. Um, someone actually mentioned. <laughs> Uh, when I had uh, Reverend Jermaine uh, uh, Marshall on, hey, I, I I I I believe I was pretty respectful to him. Um, you know, we totally disagree <laughs> with the with the man's theology, but but nevertheless, you know, responding incorrect incorrectly, a lot of people would say, man, how are you so patient when you know? all these people are just shouting heresy. And it's like, I've learned this a long time ago. Even if I have the truth, me yelling, shouting down someone's throat. Um, could God use that? Sure. He can use anything, but 
people will generally listen to someone that is patient, giving them the truth, but kind. And to me, like when I watch people yelling, it usually shows that they they don't have the truth. Because if you are yelling and doing all this, I, I'm I'm more convinced like that's a sign of of weakness, a, a sign of insecurity that you don't really have the truth. And so there's a time for firmness where I'll be very firm with someone, right? But I, I hope to never just yell to not be, uh, as the text says, I hope I never am, um, you know, not gentle and not respectful because, um, man, that's what it's about as far as apologetics, you know, to, yeah, as my, my brother says here, fruit of the spirit. Yeah, man. Even apologetics, you got to remain in the fruit of the spirit. You know, it it, it can be hard because I'll, I'll say this, guys. I've been in positions where I've been evangelizing and an atheist. Try to try to co- hold my composure even now. An atheist will blaspheme the Lord I love. Right. And guys, you want to get me heated. Right. Even now, my eyes are watering up thinking about it. <laughs> That gets me really heated. You know, an atheist will come and just mock Christ, mock his name, blaspheme his name, um, the insults at his name. And guys, that 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 really that like if I was to let you guys know, like inwardly, my heart just I hate it. And and I think that's a good thing. Right. It's good. Right. Right. As as uh, I think John Calvin says. Right. Um, um, right. Uh, a a dog when defending his master will bark something something to that extent right we we're we're going to uh someone says don't get away your weaknesses hey i mean i'm weak i struggle <laughs> you know um but yeah man that 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 really disturbs me I, now by god's grace i've never done anything crazy right i've never assaulted anyone or yeah as someone says uh righteous indignation right as um you know m- most people will get mad when um, their wives are being assaulted and, and, and I will as well, but, um, you want to see me really, man, it, sometimes I've had to walk away like, <laughs> Lord, please, you know, and this, but sometimes I've reacted like, man, they don't know what they're saying, you know, and it's kind of been like, I'm not even going to get upset with this fool, right? They don't know what they're saying. And I'm using that biblical fool, right? And so, so yeah, we have to be gentle, respectful. So I hope, you know, when anytime I'm engaging as the videos tonight, yeah, you know, um, some of these things can be, uh, you know, mockery where they're, they're mocking our faith, but the Bible says it'll, um, they'll do it. You know, the Bible says that'll happen. People will mock us for our faith. Right. They'll 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 call us what anti-intellectual for for believing everyone knows God exists. Right. <laughs> A little joke from earlier. Um, Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. Forgive them for they know not what they do. And so, hey, keep standing for the Christian faith. Keep studying. I hope to do more videos like this. If you guys like it, man, let me know if you guys want me to address certain stuff uh, in my alley. Like I said, I don't claim to know it all. Uh, but you know, if something will be helpful, a topic that'll be helpful, you guys can leave a comment under this video. 
uh, email as well. And I'll try my best to to do something of that nature. Um, but my, my goal for this channel, man, is to uh, help people grow in the faith. That's kind of been my my uh, my heart's desire. I've I've experienced some good teachings and I'm just zealous and want to uh, want you guys to experience many of those same teachings that uh, that I've experienced as well. And so, man, you guys have been great tonight. You have to do a replay. Yes. Watch this video again. If it's helpful for you. And so, man, uh, love you guys, man. You guys have been good in the chat. Uh, keep watching the videos. Like the video if you're not. If you haven't, subscribe to the channel if you have not. And guys, click the notification bell so you'll be aware when I drop good content. I like seeing you guys in the chat. You guys are always lively, uh, very supportive, and I appreciate it. Um, couldn't do it without you guys. And so, you guys know how we do it here at All Things Theology. Until the next time, grace and peace. Grace and peace, y'all. Grace and peace. Grace and peace, y'all. Till the next time, grace and peace.